Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of cerebral palsy found under the neurology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 14-month-old male is brought to the pediatrician because he is not able to walk. His mother is very concerned because her friend's daughter began walking around 12 months of age. He was born at 30 weeks gestation to his 28-year-old G1P1 mother. The pregnancy was complicated by eclampsia, requiring emergency cesarean delivery. The mother also reports her son has difficulty with swallowing. Physical exam is notable for hypertonic muscle tone, absence of selective motor control, and motor delay. Let's continue with an introduction to cerebral palsy. This is a non-progressive, persistent, central nervous system disorder. It is characterized by abnormalities in muscle tone, movement, and posture. It is secondary to brain injury during the prenatal and perinatal period, and signs and symptoms may not be revealing at birth and may require time before symptoms become apparent. It may be accompanied by various comorbidities, such as pain, intellectual and learning disability, seizures, and visual impairment. Risk factors are multifactorial and include prematurity most commonly. Remember that patients can have cerebral palsy even when born at term, though. And prematurity puts neonates at risk for intraventricular hemorrhage, periventricular leukomalacia, and bronchopulmonary dysplasia. This all increases the risk of developing cerebral palsy. Other risk factors include intrauterine infections, perinatal stroke, and intrauterine growth restriction. There are spastic, dyskinetic, and ataxic forms of cerebral palsy, and these may all suggest the cause of cerebral palsy. Moving on to the presentation, there will be evidence of motor milestone delay, delays in the disappearance or exaggeration of primitive reflexes, and motor tone and posture abnormalities. In terms of the evaluation, this is a clinical diagnosis which requires a thorough history and physical exam. MRI is obtained in all children with cerebral palsy when the etiology has not been made. It should also be obtained when there is a change from the expected clinical course or if there are findings concerning for an alternative diagnosis. An EEG can also be obtained in patients with cerebral palsy and may possibly demonstrate seizure activity. In terms of treatment, this requires a multidisciplinary care team, such as with a pediatric neurologist, orthopedic surgeons, physical educational, and speech therapists, etc. Treatment involves pain management and improving spasticity, which may be with baclofen, diazepam, and dorsal rhizotomy. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to cerebral palsy, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 15-month-old boy is brought to the pediatrician's office by his mother due to abnormal muscle tone and an inability to walk. He was able to control his head at 5 months of age, roll at 8 months of age, sit at 11 months of age, and develop hand preference at 13 months of age. On physical exam, he is observed to asymmetrically crawl. He has a velocity-dependent increase in tone and 3-plus biceps and patellar reflexes. His startle, asymmetric tonic neck, and Babinski reflexes are present. Which of the following is the most common risk factor for developing this patient's clinical presentation? And the answer choices are, choice one, intrauterine growth restriction, 
Choice 2, multiparity. Choice 3, perinatal hypoxic injury. Choice 4, prematurity. Or choice 5, stroke. The best answer to this question is choice 4, prematurity. This patient's clinical presentation is concerning for cerebral palsy. Prematurity is the most common risk factor for developing CP. CP is an umbrella term that describes permanent brain lesions that result in motor and postural abnormalities. These abnormalities are appreciated when the child does not meet developmental motor milestones with lack of extinguished primitive reflexes. Patients can also present with abnormal muscle tone, asymmetric or failure to crawl, hand preference before one year of age, and hyperreflexia. Prenatal, perinatal, and postnatal factors can result in CP, with prematurity being the most common. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choices 1 through 3 and 5. Intrauterine growth restriction, multiparity, perinatal hypoxic injury, and stroke are risk factors for developing CP, but are not as common as prematurity. Finally, a bullet summary. The most common risk factor for developing cerebral palsy is prematurity. That's all for this review about cerebral palsy. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.